God is good. Amen. It's so wonderful to be here. Uh, came back from India last Saturday, so I've been home for a week. I want to start with thanking you guys and really thanking you for the prayers, the support. We really felt, I know a lot, all the teams are back now, other than the India team. They're still out there till June 11th, so keep praying. The team's still out there. They're still doing a lot of work out there. June 11th, they'll be back home. But please continue to intercede. Uh, it, it makes the world a difference. We're not out there as a club. We're not out there as tourists, though we went on a tourist visa because they didn't give us anything else. But we're out there on a mission, and that mission needs prayer, needs support. And I can testify, God is doing great things. God is doing great things. I know every team that's returned, they can testify that God is doing great things. But what I want to encourage you with is that it was your work. It was your work. Every time you prayed, every time you bought bluff and sweets and all the things that were being sold, every time you sold into somebody, it is your work. As I was, as I was out there, this thought crossed my mind. I, um, I shared on uh, last Sunday at second service, but... This, they told us a story um, of one girl when the church started. The church we're uh, ministering with started in 1988. So they've been around for a while. And in the mid-90s, they didn't have a lot of sponsorship. India as a whole is a very anti-Christian country. India's government and political climate is very anti-Christian. They just had a prime minister that got re-elected. And he made it very clear that he is not for Christianity. He wants to close it down. But you know, in persecution, the church arises. Every time we saw persecution in the book of Acts, the church arose. Every time the emperors wanted to close it down, the power of God got released even more because people were hungry for the reality of God. And we see that in India right now. And so in the mid-90s, this church uh, where Pastor Morris is one of the pastors, his father started the church. They do a lot of outreach to the slums. They do a lot of outreach to the schools. Um, they work a lot with children. Because to convert a Hindu is actually illegal. If you convert a Hindu and somebody can prove that, you will be arrested. End of story. And so, but I'll tell you something. Tons of Hindus are coming to Christ every single day. I am witness of that. Hindus, Buddhists, Muslims are accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And so in the mid-90s, they were uh, doing these outreaches, which we were doing uh, even, even right now. They're doing vacation Bible school. And so they're inviting all the church kids and also their friends. And so a lot of these kids come from Hindu families. Um, and, and many, many of them come from the slums where they literally have nothing. The poverty is extreme. And this little girl came. And after the end of the class on the first day, they gave everybody cookies. We were blessed to bring a lot more than that. We were blessed to bless these kids with backpacks and lunch boxes, and we brought school supplies and a ton of things, thanks to all of you. And it changes these kids' lives. But back then, all they had was cookies, so they gave this girl a cookie. She went home excited for this cookie because to them, that's a big deal. Many of the kids in the slums, they won't have a cookie, period. And so she brought it home, and her sisters were so excited where she got that cookie. She shared and said, yeah, at this VBS. The next day, the sisters came. They went all week. Friday, their mom decided to come to see where her kids were going. Eventually, the whole family accepts Christ through this cookie, through this simplest act that the church did. Years later, Pastor Morris is traveling on the train, and a young lady at this point comes up to him and says, praise the Lord, Pastor. He says, I look at her, and I can't recognize her. 
I said, I'm sorry, can you share your testimony? She said, yeah, you probably don't know who I am, but I definitely know who you are. I want you to know that God saved me through a cookie that your church gave it to me. So I want you to know the little things, the little things, as Larry said, we share. We, whatever we have, you see, freely you've received, freely give. But I want to ask you the question, what is in your life that you did not receive? Think about that. Freely you received, freely give. But tell me, what is in your life that you did not receive? Everything I have, I received from Christ. Everything we have was freely given to us. Don't be deceived. It's not your talents or your skills. Don't be deceived. It's not your street smarts. It is God's mercy and grace in our life. Everything we have, we receive. The problem is the devil tries to convince us that we earned it that it's our efforts, that it's our work ethics, but that's a lie. All of it is given. All of it is His grace. It is by Him, through Him, and for Him. It is by Him, through Him, and for Him. Everything I have is not mine. It's His to begin with. We need to live a lifestyle like that. And I tell you, as we send missionaries out, as we, as we do these things, there's going to be a moment in time when you will stand before the throne and God's going to say, thank you for feeding me when I was hungry. And you're going to say, when Christ? When did I do that? And he'll say, when you sowed into that missionary, when you gave into that person's life, when you sent somebody out, you might never go on a mission trip in your life. And you will stand there before the throne, absolutely in awe of God saying, thank you for visiting me in that prison. You're going to say, how? When? He's going to say, when the team in Honduras went to those prisons, you made that happen. Let's continue to live a life of giving. It is so incredible. And, and I want to say that we saw many salvations. Um, on Sunday, they have four services back to back. Let me tell you something. Be thankful for the seat under yourself. I sat crisscross applesauce for that whole Sunday. Oh, my goodness. I was praying for back healing at the end of the services. Those are some good chairs we're sitting on. Praise the Lord. I landed in San Francisco. I shouted, God bless the USA. Everybody looked at me. I'm like, thank you. We are blessed and spoiled. We are blessed and spoiled. But we saw many, many, many Hindus. You know, what God's really doing, I, I saw that very evidently. Uh, signs and wonders for these Hindus that completely don't believe in Jesus. They believe in their gods. They're completely deceived. Um, one testimony. On a Sunday, we had four services, like I said, back to back. A lot of people came out for prayer. And so we were praying, quite honestly, very short prayers because there were hundreds of people. One man um, came up, and, and I didn't have an interpreter next to me. And all he said was, sick, pray, sick, pray. So I prayed a prayer. Um, I didn't see anything evident. I didn't see a miracle happen right in the moment. On Wednesday, we were at the same church doing the VBS. I see the gentleman walk through the door, and I recognized him right away. I called an interpreter. He comes up and he says, hey, you prayed for me on Sunday and on Monday I had no pain. What ended up happening was he was having liver failure. And the week before he came to church, just hopeless. And they prayed for him. And he said, I felt half healed. Like I, I got prayed. He doesn't believe in Jesus. But he's like, you know what? If this works, I want to receive it. He came. The church prayed. And he's like, half the pain was gone. He came the second Sunday. We prayed. Monday morning he woke up. He had no pain. 
Tuesday, he had no pain. Wednesday, he had no pain. He brought his 20-year-old daughter. At this point, he was ready to receive. He came and he said, hey, pray for my daughter, and we want to receive. And I said, hey, at this point, we were able to share the gospel. Yes, to God be the glory. We shared the gospel. These people received Jesus Christ. It was so incredible. She had, the 20-year-old daughter was so confused when I started telling her the gospel. And then I said, do you want to receive Jesus? She said, I, I want to try. I said, it's not like that. It's not like Hindu religion. This isn't your efforts. This is a decision. And she was so confused. She was looking at me. She said, yeah, he's, you know, Jesus is good. I'm going to try to receive him. And I, I started praying. I'm like, how do I explain this to her? And God gave me this thought. And I said, listen, do you know how a marriage works? A marriage works as a decision. You stand on the altar and you say, I do. You receive that person and you say no to everyone else. Well, Jesus is asking you the same thing. He's asking if you want to be his child and no to everyone else. She stood there. She thought for about 30 seconds. And then she said, yes, that's what I want to do. And when she received Jesus Christ right there. So all glory be to God. God is saving people. Even though it's illegal, even though the government tries to shut people down, the church is alive and well. The church is alive and well. Pray for Christians all over the world. There are many Christians right now that are going through persecution. And we have the power of prayer. Come on, we have a 40-hour prayer coming up. There is power in prayer. I challenge you guys, don't miss this opportunity. Let us arise. Let us awaken in our prayer life. Let us change the way we pray. Let us spend more time in prayer than on the internet. Let us spend more time in prayer than just hanging out. There is power in prayer. And it is a good time for the church to arise. It is a good time for the church to start praying. Amen? Amen. I want to read a scripture out of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. Apostle Paul is writing and he says, I'm reading out of the NLT translation. He says, we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. We're pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. We're hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we're not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. We are clay jars. Look around. There's a bunch of clay jars around you. But there's great treasure inside. Sometimes all we see each other for is the clay jar outside. But I want you to know there is great treasure inside. Every single clay jar contains great treasure. We forget about that. We learn to judge books by the cover. We learn to look at ourselves and see insufficiency, see lack of education, see lack of preparation. I'll tell you what, you come to a mission trip, you feel so unprepared. I came, I didn't know there was four services on a Sunday. They're like, hey man, you're gonna preach four times this Sunday. I'm like, really? All four? At first I said, can I preach the same sermon? He's like, yeah, whatever you feel. But I'll tell you what, God is the power. Man, I, this was a busy trip. There was a lot to do. And I've never felt so much grace. It felt so smooth. God would continue to speak as, we're, as we humble ourselves before him and say, Lord, use me. He's so faithful. We are clay jars, but we carry a treasure. And I, I, I see what Apostle Paul says here. And he says, this makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. 
That treasure is the Holy Spirit deposited in your life. That treasure is the guarantee of the promises of God. That treasure is the very power of God that we carry. The Holy Spirit continues to work in our lives. And he says, I will live in them. You see, before Christ came to this earth, the treasure only remained in the temple. And clay jars came to the temple. Clay jars came to the temple to experience it. But God says, there's a new covenant, a better covenant that I will do. I will no longer dwell in a building. I will no longer dwell in a certain location. I will dwell in you. I will send the Holy Spirit. He says, it's better for me to leave. It's better for me to go because the new is coming and the new is here. And it is the great treasure that we get to carry in our clay jars. The Holy Spirit is the power of God that continues to change the world today. You know, God is yesterday, today, and forever the same. God is yesterday, today, and forever the same. And his mission didn't change. He says, I came to do what? Give life and life more abundantly. Guess what we have to do today? Give life and life more abundantly. The calling of the church is to give life and life more abundantly. It was so wonderful. Uh, I'm going to keep sharing certain things from India just because it's so fresh in my mind and I'm still processing it. But two, both of our interpreters, uh, one's nine, one was 19 years old, the other one was 25. You look at them, speak English well, very educated, and I find out both of them were born in slums. Both of them grew up in families where their parents made $2 a day. They had no chance. Many of these fathers are making $2 a day, working all day, to send a child to school, you need a $20 uniform, you need some supplies, you need this and that. So realistically, you need $40 to $50 a year for each student. And if you have three kids, that's just impossible. Making $2 a day, that's just impossible. And so these kids are being born into a cycle that's not changing unless somebody is willing to help. Unless somebody is willing to give because they freely received and they realize it's not about me, it's about somebody else. And it's so incredible. As I realized that, I said, hold on, Jeeva, Richard, you guys grew up in the slums? Yeah. What do you mean? He's like, yeah. What happened? The church came. The church came. They adopted us. They took us out. They gave us an education. Our lives have changed. We received Christ. Our families are believers. My kids will now be prosperous. My kids will now have a different life. There is goodness in giving. God uses simple people. God uses simple people. There are churches all over the world that are doing things that we don't know about. And there are people's lives that are changing. We have so much to be thankful for. Because these clay jars that we look around and see every Sunday, they carry a great treasure within. They carry the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's not being wasted. He was sent into our lives with a mission. You see, God changes the world with simple people. I'll prove it in the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things of the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they're wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God uses simple people. Amen. Come on, are there any simple people in here? I'm a simple person. And I'm so thankful that God can use me. I'm so thankful that it's not about my education, my skills, my abilities. All it is is an open heart. All it is is us saying, God, I'm just a clay jar. But if you can use me, please do. 
I'm available. God, let me see that everything in my life that I've received, I can give freely. God is looking for people that are available. He's looking for people that are faithful. That's all it takes. All it takes is people that are faithful that say, here I am, Lord, send me. If you thought yourself, uh, uh, you know, underqualified, perfect. That's exactly the material that he loves to use. That's his favorite material. That's his favorite material. The treasure that, of the Holy Spirit that's within us, first of all, changes us. The treasure which is inside these clay jars, which is the Holy Spirit, first of all, is called to, send, to change us. We read in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. He's looking at a bunch of clay jars. He's looking at a bunch of fishermen, a bunch of guys that were so scared just a few days ago when he was crucified. That went into complete chaos, feeling like failures at this point, thinking, oh my goodness, three years I've been a disciple. Yeah. Peter's thinking, my, I, I told him that I'd go to the death with him. And before the rooster crowed, I denied him three times. Lord, how? How are you going to use me? And now you're telling me you're leaving. And Jesus looks them in the eye and says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will change from the inside out. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, this clay jar will contain something so valuable that the clay jar itself will start to change. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will become witnesses. You will become those who will testify of my goodness. Many will hear because the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The Holy Spirit is sent into this earth to change us from the inside out. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to enter our hearts, to change us. We need to come before Him with the, with the mindset of change me, Lord. I don't want to remain the same. I want to receive that power that you have. We see Apostle Paul in the, in the book of Acts. A man that's so set to destroy the church. A man that's so set to persecute the, the Christians. Apostle Paul, it says, was breathing with hatred. He was breathing with hatred. But guess what? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. He's walking on the road to Damascus. He meets Jesus. He is baptized in the Holy Spirit. And the man that wanted to destroy the church writes the majority of the New Testament. The Holy Spirit was sent on this earth to change us from the inside out. The Holy Spirit was sent to this earth to change us from the inside out. The treasure is the power that changes people around us. First of all, it's the power that changes us. But when we are changed, it starts to change the people around us. That's the goal of the Holy Spirit is to change us and start changing the people around us. It's to change us and start to change the people around us. Sometimes I wondered... Why clay jars? Why not a nice, presentable vessel to keep the treasure? And then I realized sometimes it's strategy. Sometimes it's strategy. You know, God places these clay jars like secret agents. He placed each one of you in a very strategic place. None of you are placed there accidentally. And He wants you to start to release what's inside of you. He places you... The, the enemy doesn't even notice. He placed Moses right in Pharaoh's, right in Pharaoh's castle, right in Pharaoh's home. And it was the clay jar that held the treasure that was within. It was the very clay jar that was going to be used to set the people free. 
You are placed in a very strategic place. God changes us from the inside out and then he places us right there where we need to influence our society. Right there where we need to influence our neighbors. Right there where we need to influence our coworkers. You see Paul and Silas end up in a prison, chained up, clay jars, sitting there bound, hand and foot to the ground. But they realize there's a great treasure inside and the chains start to shake. They start to hit the chains with one, uh, one against another. It's midnight, they should be bitter, but these clay jars know something the others don't. They know that there's great treasure inside and they start to praise God from the darkness. They start to praise God from the difficulty. They start to praise God from the troubles. They start to glorify Him and we know that at midnight, at midnight an earthquake came and the doors were sprung wide open. All of that was done so that the keeper of the jail could receive Christ. You see, God needed that clay jar there. He needed that clay jar in that specific moment at that specific time and He needed it to activate. He needed it to start releasing the great treasure that's inside. Each one of you has a great treasure. God places you somewhere and He wants you to start releasing that. He wants you to start influencing the people around you. He wants you not to be conformed but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. He wants you not to just sit and be rolled over but He wants you to start praying. He wants you to start getting on your knees and start praying for your neighbors. Start changing the school that you're part of. Start changing the work that you're part of. Start changing the industry that you're part of. The clay jars that are changed from within start to change those who are around them. We came to a school um, that this, this church uh, ministers at a lot and I really enjoyed the fact that we got to spend the whole week going to the same exact places. And one of the places we went all week to, we split the team into three. Some of the team went to church to do vacation Bible school. Some of the team went to a local slum that the church is part of. By the way, that local slum started with a few girls getting adopted. Eight girls specifically. Orphaned girls that grew up in the church received their education, are now 17, 18 years old and they're living in that same slum, ministering to the kids in that slum. They have a full-time friends club. They call it a friends club because uh, the kids don't want to lie to their parents when they leave and they say, hey, I'm going to the friends club. That way the parents allow them to go to hear about Jesus Christ, to hear about His love and these kids are being changed. Then the kids that are changed come and their parents start to see the difference. And many of these parents are showing up to the churches, receiving Christ when it's illegal to convert Hindus. Come on, God receives the glory. God receives the glory. But the third place we went to was this school. Quite a large school. Um, I, I don't know to be exact, but it, it looked like about 400 students in the school. So not, not a very small place. Uh, a government-run school. Not a Christian school, government-run school. We pull up, I look at the wall, huge picture of a Bible with a Bible verse and a cross. I'm like, is this a Christian school? They're like, no, but the principal's Christian, so she just does whatever she wants. We came, this woman is shining with love. She's a member in their church. We walk in, I look at her, I'm like, that's her, huh? He's like, yep. I, I talk to her, I say, hey, you're a mother. You're a mother to these kids. She starts to cry. I didn't know she didn't have children. She wanted children. But God placed her in that school as a clay jar that would release the treasure. We come in, these people from America that shouldn't be allowed in the school. She says, please preach whatever you want to whoever you want. Say whatever you want. We got to spend 
five days in a row with these students, 14, 15 year old kids that are about to graduate. We got to talk about the fall of mankind, the goodness of God, salvation of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. Every single day we gave them assignments. Go home, do some kindness in your house. Come back, testify. These kids would sit there weeping. Wow. Hindu kids in the right place at the right time because there was a clay jar. There was a principal that was willing to say, I'm right here, God, use me, use me. I watched her from the side as she loves on the kids. Every child runs up to this principal. She's not, in fact, India is one of the places that's very stern. They hit kids, I, I saw it all over the place. I looked at this principal, she was one of the softest people I've ever seen. She's just oozing out with love for these kids and God's using her, that simple clay jar. That simple clay jar that has a great treasure within her. That power is not of herself. She couldn't accomplish this on her own, but she's allowing the Holy Spirit to flow. I'm telling you all this to encourage you that you're a clay jar in the right place at the right time. There's a great treasure inside of you and you need to allow it to change you from the inside out and to start to flow. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to correct us. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to change us, to cut away things that don't belong. Some things are hindering others from seeing the great power within us. We need to be mature enough to say, Holy Spirit, I don't want that. Holy Spirit, I'm not okay with that in my life. If this is hindering you, it needs to be gone. And the last thing is, we need to reveal this treasure. So number one, this treasure changes us. Number two, this treasure is meant to change the people around us. And number three, it's our responsibility to reveal it. It's our responsibility to open up. It's our responsibility to get on our knees. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17 and 18, it says, Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 through 28. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Can somebody say hallelujah? hallelujah? The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we do not know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. We need to pray in the Holy Spirit. We need to, we need to lift up our prayer life. We need to reevaluate some of our schedules. We need to re rethink some of the places we're spending our time and say, Holy Spirit, I'm here. Here I am, a clay jar, but I want you to be revealed in my life. Holy Spirit, I'm here as a clay jar, but I want the power that you put in me not to be wasted, not to be kept in this clay jar. It's too big for this clay jar. It needs to flow out. God has called every single one of us. There's not a single person sitting in this room that does not have the calling of God. There's not a single person in this room that has not been uh, that has not been paid for by the blood of Jesus. There's not a single person here. The blood of Jesus was paid for you. It was, it was shed on that cross for you. It is our responsibility to allow the great treasure within to flow out, to influence the people around us. Church, we are in the right place at the right time. Church, this is a good time. Let's not, let's not just stay stuck in the past, in the good old days. 
Let's not be so concerned about the future that we're not living in the present. Let us allow the great treasure that's within us to start to flow out of these clay jars. Let us get on our knees more often. Let us truly stand in the gap for somebody. We've forgotten some people that are no longer with us already. But God's putting that on your heart right now, even while I speak, for you to start interceding for them. There are certain loved ones in your life that need to be remembered, that you need to stand in the gap for. There is power in prayer. Elijah was a simple man. He prayed and it stopped raining. He prayed again and the rain came back. That was the same power of prayer that's in your life today. The prayer of the righteous avails much. The devil's trying to distract us with whatever he can. But the truth is the treasure within these clay jars. The truth is the power of the Holy Spirit, which was freely given into our lives. Can we get up to our feet? I want to encourage you, church. I want to thank you once again that you're willing to send people out. I want to thank you and I want to encourage you to do this more than ever before. Let us not slow down, but let us go even further. Let us do more than we've ever done before. Let the year that is about to, that, that's coming right now be more efficient than the year before. Let's send more missionaries out. Let's send more interns out. Let's bless more people around us. Let us not grow silent. Let us not grow accustomed to just a Sunday style service. But you are a clay jar that enters the workplace, that enters the school, that enters your family, that enters your loved ones. And there's something so precious inside this clay jar. There's something so powerful. The treasure that's within you. It is the power of the Holy Spirit. It is the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. And it needs to be released in our lives. Can we just start praying in our own words, in the Holy Spirit? His presence is right here, right now. He's reminding some of you the power that He placed in your life. He's reminding some of you the vision that He's given you before. He's reminding some of you those things that maybe you've already forgotten, maybe you've already lost hope for. Certain things that were said in your life, you experienced the presence of God, but the busyness, it took over. The dream, it took too long to achieve. God is reminding you that He's not done with you, that He's working with you. It took David so many years after he was anointed to be king, to become the reigning king in Israel. But the process is necessary. The process is necessary. It's necessary to go through certain things. Paul says that we are pushed down but not destroyed. We are hunted but God never abandoned us. We are chased. You might look at your clay jar and see bruises and scratches. It's okay. It's okay. It's merely a clay jar. It's so temporary. But the treasure that's within is eternal. The treasure that's within was the very treasure that Christ paid the price for. The treasure that's within, that treasure needs to influence the people around us. Our lives need to be different. We can't just live a good life. It's not enough to live a good life. We need the presence of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to flood our houses, flood our homes. As people enter our homes, they need to experience healings. They need to experience inner healing. They need to find places that understand them, that are willing to listen and care. 
Our children need to grow up in homes where the Holy Spirit and Jesus is set as number one. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Our lives are submitted to Him. God, we thank you so much. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your grace. Holy Spirit, we thank you that in these clay jars there is a treasure, a power that's not from us, but from God. If you're here right now and you want to receive Christ or you want to be made right with Christ, if there are things in your life that are hindering you from serving Him, this is your opportunity. Even as I told the girl in India, I'll tell you, all it is is a decision. You make a decision and the covenant starts. God will work with you. He will change you. He will, he will take the little that you bring and transform it to such greatness. If you're here in this place, you can come on out. We'll pray with you. We will intercede with you. The day of salvation is today. Today is the day of change. Also, if you're in this place and you just need prayer, you just need somebody to stand in the gap with you. Maybe you're tired. Maybe you're going through some things that feel too much. God is in this place right now. You can come on out. We would love to intercede with you. We would love to pray with you. We would love to see God's goodness. That's what the body's about. When one hurts, we all hurt. When one's celebrating, we all celebrate. Come on out. If you need prayer, this is your time. The altar is open right now. God, we thank you so much. We exalt you, Jesus. We exalt you, Jesus. We lift you up. We lift you up. We lift you up, Jesus. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We thank you. We thank you that you are so good. You're so good to us. Your kindness is forever. Your mercy is forever. Your love is forever. Oh, you never change, God. And we thank you that we, these simple clay jars, have the opportunity to carry the treasure, the Holy Spirit within us. Oh, God, we thank you so much for the power that you put in our life. I thank you so much, Lord, and I pray for the, the presence of prayer to revive in our lives, God, for the prayer closets to be reopened again, for us to reevaluate our time that we spend, how much time we're spending in prayer, in the Word, allowing you to transform us from the inside out. God, we need this time with you. We want to refresh that. Oh, Lord, we thank you so much. We thank you so much, God. We thank you that you are faithful, even when we're not faithful. You remain faithful. Oh, Jesus, I thank you for the fire of the Holy Spirit that is changing our homes. Lord God, we don't want just feelings on a Sunday, but we want the life, the reality of life on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We want to live with you daily. Holy Spirit, we want to be used by you. We lift you up, Jesus. We thank you so much. God, we pray for our cities. We pray for our communities, for our jobs, for our schools, for our loved ones, Lord God, those who need to hear the truth, those who